why I love that song. Mind your business. Yeah, because you do mind your business. Ain't none of your business what I'm doing or what God is doing for you. Amen? All right. Faith and action. At least that's what I'm calling it right now. Faith and action. Call it faith and action because, because when you have faith in something, there is some type of movement going to go behind it. I don't care what it is. If you want to go to law school, you study law. You go to law school. Also, if you want to be a lawyer, you go to law school. If you want to be a doctor, you go to medical school. If you want to be a construction worker, you go to a construction school, mechanic, so on, so on, so on. So it's kind of just, they go hand in hand. Whatever it is that you are putting your faith in, you do some type, some form of action to learn of it, right? All right. 1 Samuel 17, 46. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Before David was a king, he was a faithful young son in his father's house. We often hear about the present day actions of a faithful man or woman, but we don't ever really see the path they take to get there. See, before David was the king of Israel, all of Israel, he was just a shepherd boy. That's all he was. He was the, he was the, the baby, which means he, he stayed close to his pops. He didn't go too far. But before he slew Goliath, he had to get battle tested. He had to go through some stuff. David was a shepherd way before he was a king. There are some lessons in life that take time, sometimes a long time. Don't be so quick to get to your destination. When you cut corners in life, they can cost you dearly. At an early age, David had already been battle-tested. See, we have to, I don't want to say go through the motions, but you got to go through it. I don't know what your test is. I don't know what your life is. I don't know what your tribulations and trials is, but you have to go through it. Because I guarantee you, if you are a child of God, God is allowing that to come through you or come to you to Grow you up, cut something off of you, uh, push you in a certain direction. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I can't even believe, begin to understand. But I can tell you this, it is for your good. Mm-hmm. It's for your making. It is to get you better. It's not just to, just just because, oh, why is this happening to me? Oh, you know, I had a coach way back in my high school days. He was a jerk. And that's the nicest way I can put it. And... I think after our freshman year, he said he felt like God was punishing him because he made him deal with freshmen and not varsity. And I thought about that. And I wasn't saved at the time, but I was pretty sure. I said, God God didn't do this to you. You did this to you. You were a mean-spirited jerk to them kids in high school. And varsity told you, we don't want him here. You stay down there with the freshmen. Because they'll, they'll get mad too if it gets you after the first year and become sophomore and how to deal with you no more. He surely after that didn't last that much longer. But I said that to say, some stuff, it ain't, no, life ain't did that to you. You did it. And you got to suffer the consequences. You don't treat people like that. I, I, I'm pretty, if my, if my memory serves me correct, he was one of those belligerent, belittling type of, type of folks. 
Now imagine how kind of what you do to a kid's psyche at 15 years old, 16 years old, over a sport. Want to talk about how he used to brag about um, carrying logs up the hill, training for football season. And then he look at you like, oh, you sorry. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, I happened to be an athlete, so I didn't have that, that, that issue. I was good at what I did. I love what I did. So it wasn't me, per se, he was talking to. But when, when my brother came, and I'm gonna be all talking, but I just, I just, just came to him. Um, he didn't do my brother the same way he did me. And y'all know my brother. <laughs> well, y'all met my brother. He don't take too kindly to, to, to remarks like that. So, um, needless to say, he ain't stay too much longer after that. <laughs> um, but I said that to say, you know, when things come your way, you got to deal with it. Now, a lot of those guys took it, took it in stride, and they're pretty successful in life. Him, I don't know where he at. I don't know where that coach is at. I hope he's talking to people way better than he was before, because. You are who you are. You are who you are. If you talk crazy to people, you're going to be around crazy. And you ain't, you're going to get crazy. You ain't going to get sane and, and stable. That just makes sense. You like crazy, so you get that. First Samuel 17, 34-37. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept it, his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go and the Lord be with thee. See, David was battle-tested already. I'm going to tell you something right now. I ain't fighting no bear. <laughs> Not for a dog on the show. I ain't going to fight no lion. That's just, no. I don't care if it's a baby lion or a baby bear. I'm going to blow his head off his shoulder. I'm not fighting no bear. Are you kidding me? A bear... That's what I just told me the other day. A brown bear. You, if you run from a brown bear, you might as well just die. Because he's going to catch you. You can't outrun him. Black bears, you might be able to scare away. But a brown bear? Something that big moving that fast? And you can climb up that tree if you want to. He's going to climb right up there with you. How you doing? You got some of these big in that basket. No, bro, you ain't yogi. Get your butt down. No. But David was fighting lions and bears as a 17-year-old. 17? I could been even younger than that. With a stick and a slingshot. What? I think he's prepared to fight Goliath. <laughs> I think God has made quite sure that he was prepared. And that's what, that's what I love about God. He said, you can't see it. You don't know. You think, oh, I'm going to go this way. No. Preparing you for something totally different. And all those skill sets work right in what he wanted you to be in. 
Before you can attack or defend, you must have the faith in God that he will deliver whatever enemy you face into your hands. I can't stress that enough. I don't care what it is. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have already won. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it seems like. Doesn't matter what it feels like. You've already won. But if you don't believe you've won, I don't really know what to say to you. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to convince you. To make it like, even with uh, uh, the situation with, with anybody with cancer. I said, "Oh man, I'm, I'm not gonna make it out of this time." But you're gonna be glorified. Your earthly body can't contain you anymore. But you go be glorified. I mean, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not disqualified. This, this, you know, putting down, you know, living, living, and have a life, and loving your family, and want to be along with them on this earth. But man, you know, you ain't never dreamt about it to be with Jesus, like face to face or spirit to spirit, whatever you want to call. You've won. The, the pain you're suffering right now, you ain't even gonna think about it. He might, he, you might even get that memory right away. You might be too overwhelmed and just too overjoyed with what the presence of the Lord is doing for you. Like all of a sudden you're glowing. You're just like a glow stick in heaven. You know, I'm golden. I didn't even know I was gold before. You don't even know. Now I'm not saying a cancer doesn't suck. Cancer does suck. It does. It does. Bad things happen to good people. But if you say it's all good anyway. Amen. Amen. It is because of our faith that we can get up and begin to move in faith, not wavering because God had already proven himself. Why would God prove himself to little old us? Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he hath come to God, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It will be a waste of time for God to ask you to believe in him if he ain't gave you nothing to believe in. That's like us going in a circle. There's no end to it. You got, you, you've had to have shown you something. Something. When Abraham went to go and sacrifice Isaac on the altar, and he began to raise his knife, and he shouted, Abraham, don't kill the young boy. Why? I got to make a sacrifice. Oh, it's a sacrifice sitting over there in the bush. He presented something. He had to show that I have everything that you need. I just wanted to see that you believe in it. He proved it. He proved it. Prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. Ooh. You know, some folks going to, and I think I told you before, some folks going to get up there. They're going to walk right in there with us. Oh my gosh, this is wonderful. This is this is beautiful. Hey man, what you doing? How you get in here? What well, wrong with them? No, you not. I can see the unbelief all in your face. What you here for? Oh yeah, well, I, I, you what? Usher him out. <laughs> I got to set that up, bitch. <laughs> Faith without action is dead. See, James was so cold when he was telling him. He was like, look, I don't want to hear nothing about what you're doing or what you're praying for. If you ain't, after you get up done praying, you ain't going to fill out that application. 
McDonald's ain't gonna fill out the application for you. You got to do it yourself, okay? You gotta open up the door, but he can't make you walk through. We need faith to move God, and God won't move without us. God always asks us to trust him, even when the situation is dark to our eyes. That's why it's called faith. You believe even when it's not so, until it becomes so, because God said so. Amen. That's not mine. That's not original. I can't, I can't claim that. But I like it. <laughs> Amen. I like that. I said, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things not seen. The things that, you know, you, you can't touch it. You want to touch it. You really, really do, but you can't. But you got to hope that it's, it's going to come to pass. You hope against hope. Amen. Don't be the person that says, I'm waiting on God, when in reality, you're just too scared to make a move. Ooh. When I got hurt and I had to go to the doctor, so pretty much had to, you know, God used stuff to make you face stuff. Stuff you'd be out you're trying to run away from. And uh, I knew guys this time, God was calling me to the ministry, and I'm like, okay, some stuff I don't want to deal with, but we'll deal with them later. We ain't got to deal with them today. <laughs> sure. So I had that MRI in my hip, and they had to put that, con that contrast. In there so they can see the ligament, see where it was torn at. That needle must have looked like it was like 40 inches long to me. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my Lord. <laughs> I am not going to make it from this. I shall never recover from what she's about to do to me. <laughs> I'm laughing about it now, but I was crying in. <laughs> Woo, Charlie. And I said, you do what you got to do. <laughs> so I got this pad in my left hand. Because I'm trying to keep my right hand still because I don't want to, you know, don't move them out of the way where they're working. And I'm about, I'm about, I, I, I could have ripped that pad in half if I wanted. I think I, I had mustered enough strength to, you know, just, <laughs> just to do it. Woo! And I told her, I said, I hate needles, lady. Just do what you got to do. She said, you're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah, hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> and after all of that, you know, I got to MRI. I did have a tear in my hip, which we already knew. We wanted to confirm it. And I thought to myself, I said, man, it only lasted for a moment. It was only a moment. And I think I, I, I go to Dr. Relling. I would give him a blood work check and once a year, yada, yada, yada. But I had a serious case of white coat syndrome. Serious case of it. Never really told anybody about it because once I got grown up, I ain't had to go. Can nobody make me go? I should say, Amen. I ain't going. I ain't sick. I blew my nose. I'm cool. <laughs> but you know, because you know, I trust God. I trust what He trusts His way. Trust what He has for me. He's like, yeah, go get go to the doctor, boy. Start going. I ain't saying you gotta take every medication that they take, but know what's going on inside your body so that you know what to pray for and you know how to address it. How many of us are delaying our blessings by claiming we are waiting on God? Faith is no excuse for laziness. Oof. Mm. Pretty much. You can pray the prayer. Then do what you can do. Amen. That's all. He's not asking you to go do nothing crazy. He's not asking you to show up to that person's house like a good job. You ain't got to do all that. Just let the obligation. Let them take care of the rest. That's just one scenario. I like to use a job. Thing. People always talk about they broke. I don't hear that. You ain't broke. You lazy. You have pride. My pride didn't let me uh, uh, not get on that bike and ride 17 miles one way 
to feed my wife and kids. I want to hear that. You, you take, I take your pride, and I'll raise you a hundred dollar bill. Let's see what, let's see what you take. I don't want to hear that. If you want to do it, you'll do it. Amen. Back to David. So David had been faith battle tested. So when Goliath comes on the scene, he ain't scared. He ain't scared. Okay, you nine foot with seven inches and whatever. Because he's, he's a giant. What do you think about you? I'm about to kick your tail. But he had confidence that he could do it. Or that God would do it. First Samuel 17, 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord will be with thee. But Saul was a punk. He the king. The king is supposed to actually go out there and fight. That's how that worked. He's like, that ain't happening. What do y'all go out there and take care of that fight? I give cows. Chickens, goats, you know, give you a job. Don't I take care? Take care. Handle hand my lightweight fuck. Cause he don't want no problem. Now, mind you, Saul was one of the tallest Jews there was. He was tall, but Goliath was bigger. David was short and ruddy. He was red and had a big mouth. He was real confident in a slingshot and a little tote with his little rocks. He's like, go on out there and handle that, David. I got you. Take care when you get back. He ain't gonna make it back. He ain't gonna make it back. <laughs> it all starts in your heart and mind. We have to spend time with God in order to receive confidence in Him. I'm gonna say it one more time. It all starts in your mind. We have to spend time with God in order to receive confidence in Him. I tell women all the time, women all the time, because they, they find out. You've been married for so long. I have. Um, how, how do I, you know, you know I, I get a man that's, you know, maybe not you, but like, like you. Well, he has to show you certain type of qualities. Does he keep a job? Can he go to the job on time? Is he always sick? Presumably. He make a lot of excuses? You don't, these are signs you need to look for. Is he a man of faith? How do you treat his mom? How do you treat his dad? How does he treat you when nobody's around? Does he show you off or does he blow, push you behind the door so can't nobody see you? Y'all laugh at them serious. They don't do that because they, they don't want nobody to know that they're talking to you because they're ashamed. No. You have to, you, a man must show a certain amount of time and, uh, and effort and quality. He has to, he got to start checking. He got to check out boxes. Now I'm saying you got to have a literal checklist, but he needs to be showing you. That he for real. He has to show you that he's for real. He has, you know, I'm not saying he got to come in with his business plan. This is where we're going to be in two years, and four years, six years, and eight years. Not doing, I'm not saying all that. But he ought to be pretty solid. He got to be pretty solid. And the reason I say that is because every man is different. You're not going to, there is no one fits, one, one plan, one plan fits all men. That's not, you know. Because we all do different things. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different likes and dislikes. I'm blue collar through and through. Man that's white collar might do something different. I don't really care if a woman can cook. Can she call and make a place of order? I guess we eating then. You still gotta buy it, whether you make it or yourself, whether you buy it, you buy it out. Either way, you know so. But you you wanna make sure that time is being spent. Otherwise, how you gonna get to know them? Same thing with God. 
I spent a good time with God. And you don't know, you know, the old, you know, I love the old saints. I really do because I learned from them. Let me tell you something. And I'm going to demonstrate. You do not always have to be like this. Eight hours a day. A lot of times, when you spend time with God, this is talking like excuse me for example. I got a headphone with the word in one ear, and I'm walking and I'm pausing and I ask, I'm asking God questions. Might not answer me right away. Might not answer me in my heart that day at all. It might come later, but He'll send me an answer. And I'll say, thank you, Lord, because I know I, I'll hear it and I know instantly where it came from. Instantly, I'll, the, the dots will connect so fast, so fast, because I've spent enough time with Him when He speaks. I hear his voice. I recognize Amen. Him. Amen. I recognize him. Amen. That's just my wife teased me a lot. It's like when my kids calling me, uh, they're scared. I'm probably more so when they're scared of anything. In the middle of the night, they call my name. They say, Daddy, in a certain, in a certain noise, a certain pitch, that automatically I'm in protection mode. Mm -hmm. So I'm out the bed, out the door, trying to make sure that they're okay. Versus you won't. <laughs> you don't want nothing. Because it depends on, I spend enough time with them, I understand what, they, what, what they're saying, how they say it, when they say it. Same thing with the Lord. The Lord, no, that's why we, if you're in trouble, you ain't saying, Lord, God, help you. No, you just, help! Help! You ain't got time for all them, for the, for the, for the pleasantries. Amen. Help! <laughs> how can you say you love me when you don't know anything about me? You don't call Text or email to show you care, which means your word carries no substance. At some point, we have to put our money where our mouth is, put some skin in the game, stop talking about it, and just be about it. And as my kids love to say, like, who is this KB down here? I'ma just do it. Just do it. So David had the confidence in God that just as he delivered before, he would deliver again. But this time, Goliath made it personal. He not only ran his mouth about David, he ran his mouth about God. Ooh, he messed up. It's like that thing, you can say whatever you want to say about me, but don't you talk about my mom. You don't know my mom. You better watch your mouth. Don't fight words, too. I don't play them games, neither. Don't you, man, look, tell you something. That's my mom. <laughs> keep your mouth off my mom. <laughs> you got something to say, keep it to yourself. 1 Samuel 17, 43. And the Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his God. See, that's what got him in trouble. You didn't just curse David. You brought God into that. Okay. Now you've invited me in here, uh, Goliath. Now I'm about to whoop your tail. That's how it happened. So my man over here said, yeah, get her done. Get her done. When you invite God into it, and, and when you invite God into it, it's over. You can get ready for the victory because the fat lady is about to sing. See, our enemies can talk all they want, no matter what, but the moment they begin to bring God's name off his throne into the dirt, they're in trouble. God will not tolerate that. He's not going to drag God's name through no mud. He's been too good to all of us, whether you believe or don't believe. 
Because no one can make God lower when he already is the most high. That's what the devil messed up. He wanted to be like the most high. And he became the most low. 1 Samuel 17, 50-51. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. And smote the Philistine and slew him. My man got killed by a string and a rock. You nine foot five, three hundred some pounds, muscles all over the place, spears about as heavy as a small car, sword about as heavy as a tree log, and you got killed by a stick by a skinny kid who was real red in the face. You ought to feel terrible about yourself. Your confidence must just be shot so low to you, your testosterone just dropped a million. It is over for you. And you are sitting there with looking Dave about to get your head chopped off by somebody who probably can't, who can't even put on arm. It was too heavy for me. I can't put this on. I just got to go out there just like this in my shepherd clothes. That's what happened to you. Because you opened up your mouth and you put it on God. And David told you, he said, who is this uncircumcised dog think he talking to? See, and dogs back in that day were savages. And I like our domesticated dogs we have today. They don't eat anything. They eat you. They hungry enough. <sighs> but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his own. He kills you with your own sword. That's like getting shot with your own gun. That's just terrible. You can't tell nobody about that. You got to just die. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. How, how, how you get your head chopped off? Man, my own sword. What? How? Little dude named David. He caught me slipping. I talked about his God. He got me. At least that's how I imagined it happened when he went to hell. So. <laughs> so. Therefore David ran into the parlor of the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head Therewith, and when the Philistines saw the champion was dead, they fled. So his friends weren't even no good. They said, "All right, we out of here," because the deal was, if we win, we be y'all slaves. But if we win, y'all be our slaves. So when they won, it was like, "Okay, y'all slaves." No, we ain't. I'm out of here. Oh, you ain't gonna honor the deal? Now we're gonna kill you for real. Sound like a businessman, don't you? Happens all the time. Proverbs 24, 1 through 10. To my mountains. This is what I, I call this little, this little part. Because you got to tell the circumstances, situation, trials, tribulations, people, places, things, all that stuff. You ain't no match for God. You ain't. If God says he's for me and never leave me or forsake me, I ain't thinking about you. Why do you think you are challenging me, the son of the living God? This is, too, this is, this is a question to your mountains. Your mountains can be anything. It could be anything. People, places, things. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants too. Because God is the one who established it on the seas. God set it firmly on the waters. Who can ascend the Lord's mountain? Who can stand in his holy sanctuary? Only the one with clean hands and a pure heart. The one who hasn't made false promises. The one who hasn't sworn dishonestly. That kind of person receives blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God who saves. And that's how things are with the generation that seeks him. 
that sees the face of Jacob's God. Mighty gates, lift up your heads. Ancient doors, rise up high, so the glorious king can enter. Who is this glorious king? The Lord. Strong and powerful, the Lord powerful in battle. Mighty gates, lift up your heads. Ancient doors, rise up so high, so the glorious king can enter. Who is this glorious king? The Lord of the heavenly forces. He is the glorious king. Salah. You want to go to war with God? You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it. You have pretty much set yourself up for failure. And it's your own fault. This is why I learned. Don't put your mouth on people. Because he might be sick. He might be being a jerk right now. But he might be sick. And I don't care who you are. You can kind of jerk boy. If you belong to God, you belong to God. God is not an Indian gift. He ain't going to... Give something and take it back. He ain't doing that. He's not. And it's because of that, I try to treat people the best way I can. I'm like, man, look, I don't agree with you. I don't really like you that much either. But because you were a son of the living God, you're supposed to be my brother. I'm going to let that go. That ain't what happened with David and Goliath. They was enemies. He was, somebody was running their mouth and they should have been. But see, Goliath, he wasn't, he was ready for all the warriors in the world. He wasn't ready for somebody who just had faith in God and trusted that he's a God going to deliver you, you, into my hand. And I ain't going to do nothing but throw a rock and bust you beside your head. Could you imagine losing a fight like that? I'm just thinking about that like hindsight. Like, man, you lost because you got hit in the head with a rock. Bro, you had a shield. It was right there. And you got your wig split. By a rock. <laughs> he got to feel. I'm telling you, he probably was feeling stupid. Did that just happen? What is. I, I'm just imagining this situation in my mind. Like, I think I would just be passing. I'll be rolling on the floor. Like, bro, you just died because you got hit upside your head with a rock. Do you know how dumb you look? I mean, honestly, I mean, all the brain cells in the world is telling me that you are a complete, utter idiot by getting killed by a bust upside your head with a rock and he cut your head off with your own sword. I don't get it. But then again, I think that just goes to show you God can do things with the littlest things. See, we look for stuff with big stuff. See, everybody look waiting for God to come back, you know, and just crack the sky and all that. He you know, he come back for us to for the night. We're going to be here one moment and we're going to be gone the next. They're going to be looking for us. They're going to come to your house. They're going to be knocking on your They're coming to your job. Did, did they come to work today? No, they're gone. He took them. He took his faithful and loving generation of people that were seeking him diligently all their lives. He took them. They were faithful people. When they began to believe, they began to act. They preached this word. They shared the gospel. They loved people through and through. They gave. They fed people. They home, gave people homes. They gave They gave everything they needed to give. And then God came and got them. Because they had. They were faithful. That's your key in heaven is your faith. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. You better have some faith. And he only asks you to have a faithful. You know how small a mustard seed is? It's one of the smallest seeds there is. Not these smallest, but it's still pretty small. And it becomes, when you plant that little seed, it grows into this big, strong, 
kind of tree, bush like. Call it a tree, but it's really a bush. But it's the strongest bush there is. Deep roots, deep faith, big faith. David had it. That's why he became the king. He was like, man, him. His heart was right. His faith was right. He's obedient. He loves me. I love him. And he's my next king. And to show y'all he's my next king, he's going to knock that big dude out. The biggest dude they had, clink, done. God is cold. He's cold with it. He make it look good in front of people. I'll tell you. He can make it look good and make it look bad, too, depending on what side you want. But he made David look real good. That's why the song started, it started chanting, David is, Saul has killed his thousands, David's his ten thousands. God can make you or break it. He can build you up and tell you that. That's why God said, I, I give man the ability to generate wealth. So I ain't worried about getting rich. Because at any moment, God be like, okay, you're rich now. I'm rich. I ain't got to work for it. I don't know where that money came from. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do care. <laughs> Either way. Faith. Got to have faith in it. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have blessed us abundantly, Lord God. We pray, Father, and we hope, Lord God, that our faith, Father, is where it needs to be. But if it is not, Lord God, I pray right now, Father, you increase our faith, Father. Lord, we need to increase our faith by reading more. Does faith come by hearing? And reading and preaching the word of God. Lord God, I thank you for the word. And I thank you that it is encouraging to our faith. That it may grow strong and mighty. So whenever we may need you, Lord God. We have the faith to believe that you have already come through. That you have already spoken the word. And it's already done. So Lord God, we thank you. We love you. We magnify your great and majestic name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.